Hey, it's your wingman, Kagan, and welcome to the Dangerously Vulnerable Podcast, where we talk to honest leaders who care less about perception and more about the success of others. Today, we're going to dive into a visionary's life and learn how adversity, failings, and bad decisions have shaped their lives, their thinking, and their definition of success. There's absolutely no room for inflated success stories, so you can take notes on the learnings that have shaped them for the better. This podcast is brought to you by Height Digital in Oklahoma City, one of the leading creative and marketing agencies for visionaries looking to accelerate their growth and increase their revenue. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, today, I have Nikki Roush on Sales Maven. Sales Maven, one of a uh, really exciting name, Nikki. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad you like the name, and I'm very excited to get to have this time with you. Well, thanks for being on. So the the first thing uh, that I want to say is I met you at a mastermind, and you were you were teaching us in regards to uh, you know sales discovery was one thing that I, I really latched onto with what you're talking about because I absolutely love discovery. I'm in love with discovery. Anyone says what's your sales process? I'm like discovery. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm like discovery. That's the first thing. Um, and so. Perfect. Um, really excited to have you on today. But before we start, I just really want to uh, talk a little bit more about who you are and want to learn a little bit more about why Sales Maven. And let's hear it. Okay. So I am a sales coach and trainer. And my background is I was a professional sales rep for, well, 17 years in the tech space, so selling technology. And I was a road warrior. I was one of those people who used to get a Christmas present from my airline every year because I flew so much. So I covered a big territory and I was always on planes, always doing demonstrations and supporting um, sales reps in the field uh, from the, I worked at the manufacturer level. So working with our dealers and distributors. And while I was, while I was doing that, while I was a road warrior sales professional, I started studying neurolinguistic programming with the, and if you haven't heard that term before for anybody listening, I, I it's actually really... just recently heard it because you, of you. you, I was listening okay. to another podcast and I was like, wow, linguistics big time. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> it sounds super scientific and, and I guess in some ways it is, but realistically it's the study of communication. So it's the way we process information in our brains. That's the neuro part. The linguistics is the language piece. And then the programming is about habits and patterns. And I started studying NLP because I suspected that it would improve my sales skills. But really what it did was it improved my ability to be a better communicator. And that improved all the relationships in my life. So I really dug in deep into NLP. I became master certified practitioner of it. And to get like a master certification, you're probably spending about 200 hours in a classroom. I have wow. spent over 1,200 hours in a classroom of wow. studying um, as a student, as an assistant, and at some point um, even doing a little bit of teaching. So I really kind of come at sales from this very like psychology type approach to sales. Somebody recently described my approach as like sales psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really come at it about it's building strong relationships. And I started my business in 2013 of really wanting to support people who were struggling to make money in their business because they didn't understand how to have effective sales conversations. And I love the language piece. So mm-hmm. pulling the linguistics part of my NLP training and all of my sales experience, I really now just 
teach people how to have more effective sales conversations so that the conversation is easier, not just for you as the seller, but frankly, for the buyer as well, the prospect. And yeah, so that's me in a nutshell, what I you do. Know, it's, anyway. it's really interesting because when I was listening to you in my mind, I was thinking, this is so simple. Yeah. And then afterwards I was like, that's all we need. <laughs> like anyone, yeah. anyone who gives us anything longer and, and more complex, it doesn't resonate and yeah. it's very hard to execute. And so I think one of the things that just learning from you, just, you know, everyone deals in steps, you know, and people yeah. want to know, okay, what's my step one, what's my step two. And then mm -hmm. how simple is it? How easy is it to get to that next step? Yes. And so I think as a salesperson myself, I absolutely love sales um, and love talking to humans and having conversations with humans. Um, I think it was just uh, really impactful uh, with what you what you brought to the table. Thank you so much. Yeah, so I do teach a five-step process. I call it the selling staircase to the sales conversation because the idea isn't that, I always say sales isn't something you're supposed to think, oh, I got to do this to somebody. Sales is actually something you do with. And so I teach this staircase because the objective is to guide somebody from one step to the next, not try to convince them, not try to manipulate them, like all the negative things that people think right. about with sales. So that's why I teach this five-step process because it really shouldn't be complicated. It's, it's not your job to convince people. It's your job to be able to have a conversation and open that door to see if you're talking to a prospective client. And if so, how do you seamlessly and easily move them from one step to the next? That's That to me mm -hmm. is what sales is. One of the things I love, and we're going to get onto something different in just a second, but I, I want to mention this. You, I think one of the things you do really well with sales is you honor people. And yeah. one of the things when you were teaching was let's honor people when we do this, let's respect people. And I know that sounds so simple, um, but it's very easy to be extremely tactful um, or tactical. That's probably a yeah, better tactical, word. Tactical. Yeah. yeah. yeah and I agree. you you start using all these tactics and you are overall honoring that person because that like radar goes down dramatically um, and you start losing stars quickly <laughs> with the person. And so yeah. one of the things that you said that just, I, I remember now is uh, it's bless and release. Is that, is that mm -hmm. correct? Or yeah, that's is that one what of you my say? terms. Yeah. 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 Talk to me just a little bit about that. Cause I think everyone, when you said that, everyone was like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like I can tell people to, to go away and I can do it kindly. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing is, is that everybody you meet isn't a customer <laughs> like, and so pretending right. like they are or trying to fit them into some like ideal client box is unrealistic. So the objective in your conversations is to really understand what what is going on for this person? Do they have a need? Do they have a want? And do I have a solution to meet that need or want? And sometimes the answer is no. Either they don't have a need or want or what my solution is isn't a good fit or maybe they're just not a good fit for the type of client that I want to work with. So mm -hmm. in that case, I do believe bless and release. And I say bless and release because I do honor where people are and I never want people to walk away feeling like, 
oh gosh, Nikki doesn't think I'm good enough to work with her or, oh, Nikki doesn't want my business or like, I don't want anybody to walk away and feel less than in any way. So to me, bless and release is a very kind and respectful way to honor that person and also to honor myself in that I'm not here to to sell something to somebody that isn't going to make their life better or isn't going to improve, in my case, improve their business in some way. I have no interest in trying to convince somebody to give me money and then not be able to deliver an extraordinary amount of value for whatever they pay. And if somebody's like, look, Nikki, I'm a rock star salesperson. There's nothing you could teach me then my, you know, my comment to them is then I'm just so glad that I met you and congratulations. And I hope to see you again, you know, sometime in the future. Like I'm not here to try to convince you you're not a good salesperson and you better hire me if you want to get better. Like that's not my job. Yeah, no, that that's fantastic. You actually just gave me a thought of I've got a client that or a, a potential client that I've really been struggling with, uh, just recently, you know, lack of response, you know, just really spotty. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is going to be horrible. And by the end of it, I'm like, I didn't even charge enough for this because if this is how it's going to go, it's going to take me twice as long. And, um, and I recently just thought like, well, maybe I just let him know like, Hey, our prices are going to go up soon if you don't make a decision. But what's funny is that that doesn't really solve my problem. Mm -mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And the client's still the client, (laughs) even if they go up on the, like, if I go up on the price, it's, they're still going to be there. And they're still going to, their habits, The if they started that way, that's how they're going to end. And it's hard to change those habits um, so quickly with a client. And so I think that's one thing that I'm going to uh, consider doing is blessing and releasing um, potentially if it doesn't, if it doesn't change quickly um, and yeah. then move on with my life. Yeah. I always, I, I always call that as sometimes you have to play a little cat. <laughs> you have to play a little like hey, I'm not going to chase you because I, I truly do not believe in chasing clients. I hate chasing people. I'm not going to chase you. I'm not going to, I'm not your mom. <laughs> I'm not going right. to, you know, require you to show up at a certain time at a certain place and and then make you feel bad if you don't. I'm just going to say, hey, I get a sense that we are not a good fit right now for where you are and where I mm-hmm. am in my business. So I'm just going to respectfully decline to move forward and please know that I wish you well. Now, sometimes what will happen is the person will go like, oh, thank goodness, because I didn't know how to tell them that I didn't want to hire them or that I didn't want to move forward or whatever. Or sometimes they'll go like, oh, wait, Kagan, uh, no, I really yeah. want to work with you and I'll, I'll do whatever I need to do to make it, make it work. And sometimes those people will turn out to be really great clients, but most of the time they'll just go away. And that mm-hmm. leaves you space and energy to go work with your ideal people, the people who are like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you're making such a difference in my life and in my business. And I love working with you. And then you love showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you, we've had a, we had a loss in our family, um, uh, our, our little baby daughter actually. And, uh, just last week and not to bring it down, but I'll tell you, it was quite amazing to see the response of my clients and to see the amount of support that I had. And I sent, I sent a, an email that one of my, one of my clients sent to me. And, you know, I told you that I'm a visionary to wingman. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm a wingman to visionaries. Yes. And um, yeah, I was like, what? And, um, and one of the things is, is they started, they, they used that and they were like, 
you know, you need a wingman right now. Mm. And it was really interesting because what I, what I could see is that I had the right clients. Yes. Like I had people that I cared just, I care so much about them. And in the end they showed up and yes. they care a lot about me too. Yeah. And it was pretty, it was pretty incredible. Um, and so it's really, it's empowering when we can say like, we can bless and release people and really go find those other clients. A lot of the times what we want to do is we want to say, well, but I don't, I don't know how to find that other client or I, I can't get to that other client um, yet. And I need this money or whatever, mm-hmm. but it is amazing. Every time you take them, every time you take them and you don't bless and release them, it's amazing how much pain and difficulty yeah. uh, and complexity it brings to your life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say I'm so, so, so sorry for your loss. And I'm honored that you, you would share that here in this, in this platform And you're right. Your clients will show up for you just like you show up for them. The people who are the right people will show up and honor where you are. And, you know, the last thing that you want to deal with when you're going through any type of a crisis is having people have unrealistic expectations of what what needs to be done and what hoops they want you to jump through in order to earn their business. And, And so the people who will say, hey, I've got you right now and you know this this is not a priority you're a prior- priority your family's a priority like do mm-hmm. what you need to do and I'm here when you're ready to like jump back in those are the people that will sustain your business long term because mm-hmm. they'll feel they'll feel a part of you know right. they're they're rooting for you just like you're rooting for them because right. I, I truly believe in sales in in the relationship and I think I talked about this at the mastermind too, there should be a balance of power. And that might sound like not the best word in this, but I do think of it as power is that there's always like a a power dynamic in every relationship and you should Mm -hmm. never hold power over your clients because Mm -hmm. they'll feel less than, and they'll, frankly, Mm -hmm. they'll go away. They'll go find somebody Mm -hmm. else and your clients shouldn't hold power over you in some ways because they'll take advantage or they won't honor and re- and respect honestly what you are bringing to the table when you can find a balance in that relationship where you both really value each other and the contribution that you're making to each other's business and lives then that's where like to me that's where the magic is and those will be the people that will continue to sustain your business whether because they continue to be long-term clients or because they'll become really great ambassadors out in the marketplace mm-hmm. for you. They'll shout your praises from the rooftops because they really understand who you are and what you bring to the relationship, to the, to the business, to the, you know, project, whatever it is. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And we are on the dangerously vulnerable podcast. So I think it's, I, I think in the end we both have to be vulnerable. And so my question to you is, are you willing to get a little bit more vulnerable with me in the next uh, few moments that we have? Um, I want to go into first off, what are some, well, first off, I asked you a question. Are you willing? Uh, yes, and I am you, willing. You, know, you taught me that. Yes, I did. <laughs> 
<laughs> you said what a the, great you student. Said in the mastermind. You said in the mastermind, you know, just ask if they're willing and they, it's yeah. like they can't say no, right? Who's going to say and no so, to that? I know, right? And so so that being said, um, the first thing I want to know quickly, and then I yeah. really want to get down to some, some uh, failures and some learnings, but I want to know, like, what are some of the top three successes that you're known for today? Like, what would you say you're most proud of? Gosh, I'm going to say... <laughs> Do you want this to be business related or do you want it to be? I want you to tell me what you, th- what you think. Okay. So I'm going to say one of the things I'm most proud of is my relationship with God. <laughs> that mm. honestly, that's something praise that I Lord. have. What's that? Praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord. That's something I have really, um, become, that has become very much a part of who I am and how I show up in the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I will say it's a, you know, it's a lifelong journey for me to continue to develop that strong connection Mm -hmm. and relationship. So that's probably the thing I'm the most proud of. Um, I think one of my other successes is really, it is really my business and what I have built. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to maybe dig down just a little bit with that and say inside my business, I have a group coaching program. It's called the Sales Maven Society. And the community inside that group feels outside of me. <laughs> it feels like it's taken on its own, its own life. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the members and, and how incredible they are. And that feels like a huge success because it feels, it feels like it was, it was a platform that I created. Mm-hmm. And then all these amazing people showed up and they made it a thousand times better because of wow. who they are. And I feel really proud of that. Is that a community of women or is that men and women? Cause I know um, that it's, it's, you're definitely focused on empowering women in sales. Yeah, that's true. It's primarily women, although we have some incredible men in there too. So I don't exclude cool. men in any, in any of the work that I do. And I also do know that when women get really comfortable with the sales conversation and they get comfortable with the idea that they can make money they can also make a very big impact in their families mm-hmm. and in their communities. And so that's really important to me. That's a mission um, that I feel called to is to help women make a bigger impact in their families and their communities. And that a lot of times comes with making money. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay. And then the third thing I'm going to say is I feel incredibly, uh, I'm going to say my success successes are the fact that I have actually written and published three books that felt like that that. felt like something that I don't I don't know if you'd ask me in in my 20s or even in my 30s if that's something that I could do and uh, I learned in my 40s that yes I I I am a writer I can write okay and I can put books out into the world that make an impact wow that's amazing I'm going to write a book one day I'm not a writer. <laughs> so, so I'm like, oh man, this is going to be really challenging. I'll have to like speak it to someone and they're going to yeah. have to dictate. There's so a lot of ways I, to get a book out into the world, always. my friend. A lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I actually put it on Facebook uh, one day and it was, it was so funny. Like everyone was asking me like, well, what are you going to write about? And all this stuff. And I was like, guys, this is too much pressure. <laughs> I shouldn't have put this out on Facebook. Um, so that's really funny. So let's get, let's get vulnerable here. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think is really important um, for all of our listeners 
is to understand more of the failings um, that mm -hmm. you've experienced in your life. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people say that, you know, yeah, yeah, no, I don't consider anything as a failure. I consider it all learnings and they have this positive twist on mm -hmm. it. And I'm just going to call BS for a moment. Um, <laughs> and I get it. We learn and we do all yeah. that stuff. But, but in the end, like in the moment, let's be real. Yeah. When we're sinking or we're drowning and we don't see much hope in how we're going to get out of this, we are not thinking this is a learning. We're thinking I have completely screwed up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, and you can disagree, but in the end, what I want to know from you is you've, you've learned a lot along the way. And what would be some things that have happened to you in regards to failures that have really made a shift in your life that have really pushed you um, in a, in a different direction? Mm -hmm. I feel like that could be a very long list <laughs> because yeah. yeah, there's been some, there's been some really hard, some really hard, hard lessons that at the time felt like big, big failures. Yeah. And I, I will almost say that I can probably tie most of them back to if I was going to put it in one thing that I often have found that when I allow for my identity to be caught up in something outside of just me and my relationship mm -hmm. with God, mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that can, that can absolutely, uh, wreck me. So mm -hmm. to give you like, to be a little bit more specific, I remember Please. one time, um, in my sales career, getting fired from mm. a sales position. And it came as a real big shock because I had just closed the largest deal in the history of the company and they still mm. fired me <laughs> because they said I wasn't hitting the quotas that they had set wow. that actually nobody had ever hit. So now I feel like I'm justifying them, right. you know, like I wasn't right. a bad salesperson, but right. It, uh, my identity was so wrapped up mm -hmm. in being a really successful contributor that it mm -hmm. completely wrecked me. And, and I really struggled for about two years to kind of get my feet back under me to start to, to think that I had worth and value. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so Can we talk there's about that struggle. Yeah. Can we, you, you said two years. So yeah. I'm a, I'm a very visual person. Like what, what did that, what did that look like? Well, what it looked like was when I went to negotiate the, the next position that I was going to be hired, I had two jobs, two, two companies that had offered me positions and I, my self-esteem was so low in, in a lot of ways. Like I was, I was trying mm -hmm. to pretend that my self-esteem was really good, but I ended up taking the job that gave me the first offer because mm. I felt like if I don't take this, I might never, ever get a job again, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like I can look back right. and go like, you know, come on, sister, you could have done better. And it turned right. out that it was a terrible decision. Frankly, the company was not a good fit for me. Um, I stayed about a year I knew three days into the job that 
I had made a mistake. I actually had a conversation with myself in a hotel mirror during the like, orientation enough. training of to con- convince myself to actually go to day three of orientation because I just mm. knew every part of my being knew that this company was not the right fit for me, but I had taken the job out of fear. Yeah. And then you're now you're added into your second uh, failure here. Yeah. Of, okay. Now I've <laughs> failed once again. Yeah. Um, if I wasn't already a big failure, now I failed because I picked the wrong job. I did. I, I picked the wrong job. Now you can look back and say, honestly, I don't know that I would have the business that I have today had I not picked right. that job because yeah. I was so miserable that yeah. I left after a year. And that's really what put me on my path towards sales maven. Um, it didn't happen right away, but it did happen eventually. And I wouldn't have probably been on that path had I not been so miserable there figuring out yeah. like something's got to change. You know, this is, I can't, I just can't do this. I can't be standing here a year from now. I can't be standing in this position two years from now or 10 years from now and pretending like I believe in the mission of this company and I am okay with the way they treat my clients and, it just was so out of alignment for me. Wow. So when you think about that struggle, would you say that's, um, that's something that you continue to struggle, but you've been able to combat uh, with, or would you say that struggle has kind of disappeared? It definitely hasn't disappeared. You know, those, le- yeah. I feel like when you haven't learned your lesson, it keeps kind of rearing its head, but in the oh, uglier no. way. Yeah. <clears throat> so it sounds like I'm going to cry and I might, but honestly, it's because I have a tickle in my throat too at the same time. So I know you can see let's, me. Let's use it for dramatic effect. For dramatic effect here. Like, and not that I won't cry. I cry very, very easily. Yeah. So that's yeah. not, that's not a thing. Oh but, gosh. I, I about cried today. So here we go. Okay. <laughs> but I will say that, um, in a really, really personal situation, uh, not quite two years ago, again, I thought I had done the right thing and I had wrapped my identity in things outside of work that I mm-hmm. thought these were sure things. This is who I am. This is, this is, this is what makes me who I am. And I'm really, really proud of these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, something big and not nice, not good happened. And it completely, mm. again, shattered me. At some point I may actually write it as a book. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I'm still not, I'm still not totally out of it. So I'm not even ready to like share it. But I always think it was like, it was like an earthquake hit my life and everything Mm -hmm. I thought I was and everything that I was really secure in was all in question. And I lost some really important relationships as a result of it. Um, I had to fight my way back to, uh, like to being okay with who I was as a person. And so that was like definitely where I think my faith, um, grew substantially because I kept thinking like, oh, I'm strong enough. Like God would never Mm -hmm. put this in my path if I wasn't strong Mm -hmm. enough to deal with it. And I wasn't dealing, (laughs) honestly, I wasn't dealing at all. And, uh, I finally had a realization one morning that uh, I actually wasn't strong enough to deal with it and that, that God yeah. was trying to tell me all along, it, it's, this Isn't is not freeing? your burden to carry, that you know I have to rely on 
something outside of myself in order to get through right. this. And that was my relationship with God, honestly. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that freeing? And it, it, it's, it's, it's painful. It's painful. It's painful. Yeah. It's really painful. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's also freeing. Um, at some point it's, it's like, okay, like I'm done. Yeah. I can't, there's nothing else I can do. There was, <laughs> there was a sense of huge relief and mm-hmm. also for somebody like me that grew up the way that mm-hmm. I grew up and very independent, mm-hmm. always knew I had to rely on myself couldn't really ever count on my parents to like mm-hmm. pull me out of the, the fire in any way yeah. that, you know, there was no, there was nobody coming to rescue me. I always had to rescue myself. And, um, so there's a control issue that I continue yeah. to this day to struggle to surrender. Like, I will say yeah. that is probably my biggest still to this day being really vulnerable. Yeah. It's my biggest struggle is to surrender and to let go and let God. Yeah. That's a, that's a struggle and I get it completely because I struggle with it every day of my life as well Yeah, and leading teams and communicating and sales and metrics and (laughs) all these different things. Like it is, it, it becomes, uh, idolized and it actually just rots your soul. And so, um, yeah, that's really, it's really interesting. So we can definitely relate on that. So I want to go first off, thank you for sharing um, and truly appreciate you uh, being honest. And it's it's amazing what we can learn from this. And I know that um, there were so many things that you just said there that I can relate to in so many ways and things that have happened in my life um, just even this year that I would have never expected so uh, multiple things um, that I would never want anyone else to go through. Um, but it's it's amazing how we can, how we can learn from that. And, uh, it, it really teaches us how to move forward in a, in a better way. Yeah. And so one of the things though, that I know is really important for us is to, um, be grateful for the people that we have. And I know that, that without people and without community, um, it's hard to, it's hard to walk through life. And so, one of the things I'd love to know from you is who are some of the the top three people that you would say have, have helped you get to where you are? And that may be impersonal, that may be business wise, but I think there's probably some key people that, that should um, be thanked. Yeah. I, I will say I have been incredibly blessed in my life with amazing mentors and Mm -hmm. my business would not be where it is today without quite a few people, honestly, but just to throw out, you know, and really acknowledge the people who I will say I stand on the shoulders of giants. One is mm-hmm. Natalie Ekdahl of Biz Chicks. My business would not be where it is today without her and the love and support and the friendship and the guidance that she's given me. She's She's been an incredible inspiration, but also coach and friend and I'm just so incredibly honored to know her and to learn from her. So she's, she would be one person I would say in particular, um, you know, another person who's made an incredible impact in my business is Shane Sams, Shane and Jocelyn Sams of the flipped lifestyle, because I do have this community Mm. group piece to my 
program and I have worked, you know, privately with Shane for many years and he's just been this incredible, you know, cheerleader and, you know, tough love coach and, um, and has pushed me to do things that were super outside my comfort zone and have paid off financially in, in big, big ways. So that from a business standpoint, and then, and then, you know, in my private life and in my personal life, I've had these incredible people, but just to give like one is it was a woman that was introduced, um, to me through a form, like a former big client, like a, one of my bigger clients when I was in the tech space introduced me to this woman. Her name is Karen Cooley. She's become this like best friend and, you know, my cheerleader in my personal life. And I wouldn't have gotten through this last two years without her love and support, frankly. Wow. That's amazing. So we're just about out of time, but one of the things I would love to do with you really quick is just help people understand where they can find you. Okay. Um, you know, we talked about before we started the podcast that, um, you would love to, to, uh, get in touch and, uh, with other people, other listeners. And I would love for you to share, you know, how they can do that and how they can, uh, soak in all this value, um, that you, that you offer. Um, I think one of the things that you bring that uh, a lot of salespeople don't is value. Um, and so sometimes people bring the tactics uh, to get you to, you know, I, I actually remember, I've got, a, I've got a vent for just a second now. Please. I remember sitting at another mastermind and they asked us to raise our hands, which first off, I hate when people ask to raise hands, just, just FYI. Okay. Um, um, I don't know why. Um, or stand up or do something or yell or something. I just, I'm not that person. Um, and so, and so they asked us and they, they actually were encouraging us to write a book. Okay. And Mm. they were going to help us, whatever. Yeah. And it's amazing that the tactics were there. Like, I mean, I was sold. I mean, I had, I had clients, multiple clients lined up to talk to them and, um, and I could never get a consistent response from them after that. And it was amazing that what I found is that I didn't really receive value. Mm. I, I received a tactic that I latched onto, but the value, it wasn't there because it didn't last. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing, you know, on your and the listeners can hear is that there's a lot of value and there's a lot of consistency in what you say as well. And so I'd love for you to just share how people can learn more and also uh, gain more value and as I have. Thank you. Thank you for such a really thoughtful compliment. I'm, I'm so grateful and touched by that. So for the listener, I do have a lot of, I I love tactics, but I also really think it's important to provide more value than what people will ever pay money for. That's, that's truly something I live by. So I'd love to gift your audience, um, an ebook called closing the sale. And it really kind of walks through some of the last steps of the selling staircase with some language suggestions. And it really is about boosting your confidence when you get to that place where, you mentioned at the beginning, you love discovery calls. So it's when you get to your discovery call, how do you move on from discovery to proposal to close? And you can get that by going just to my website, yoursalesmaven.com and then forward slash ebook. 
and that will be my gift to you. That's it's absolutely free. It's it is packed full of value. Whether that's the last connection we ever have, if you read that and apply something in there, it will make an impact in your business and hopefully in your life. And then from there, as far as connections go, I I tend to hang out on Instagram, so you can always find me under Sales Maven. Yeah, I hang out on LinkedIn. You can find me under Nikki Roush. And yeah, I would love to hear from the listener. I mean, we didn't go into a lot of tactics today as far as like sales um, strategy, but I also have my own podcast where you can get a tremendous amount of sales coaching and training just by listening to the podcast, which is, I think I said sales maven. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's me. That's awesome. Well, thanks for, thanks for being on today. Truly appreciate it. You know, I liked you when I told you that uh, I was a wingman to visionaries and you said, Oh, I like that. I was like, Oh, I like her. And then after I asked you to be on the podcast and talking to you, I, I tell, I tell you, I, I like you, but I really appreciate you, Thank um, you now and to hear your story and to hear a little bit more. Um, I think it's, I think it's one thing I prefer to hear who people are and then prefer to consider, okay, what do they even have to offer versus what do they have to offer? Okay, now who are they? You know, yeah. and so um, I think it's really cool to to be able to learn and hear from you because now it makes me want to know more about what you offer. And so those are the things I hope that our listeners will gain from this as well. So again, thank you for being on. Um, I truly appreciate everyone listening, and we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us today on another episode of the Dangerously Vulnerable Podcast. To learn more about me, the Visionaries Wingman, head over to KaganHinson.com. If you're willing, subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment and tell us what you think. Until next time, keep breaking through those barriers that are holding you back from accomplishing your extraordinary vision.